Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. All right, you did it. Congratulations to all of those of you who fasted for the very first time. Uh, Maybe you've just continued to fast from previous years. Uh, We just want to thank you for joining us in any capacity over these last 21 days. Uh, maybe you started your fast and you stopped prematurely uh, just because for, for whatever reasons. Do not beat yourself up. Listen, you need to celebrate what God started in your life. Continue to read, continue to pray, and the next time the Lord lays it on your heart to fast, just be obedient and continue to follow. Does that make sense? There's no reason to say, well, I stopped here and I did this. No, not at all. For every moment during these last 21 days that you consecrated yourself to God, that you didn't look, uh, you didn't watch, you know, more TV or more on the internet, you just, you, you pared those things down to, uh, to spend time with the Lord. It's guaranteed. It's in his word. When you spend time in prayer, there's a reward. When you spend time fasting, there's a reward. You're not earning anything. You're just walking in obedience and the reward is, uh, is, is completely, completely guaranteed by the Lord. I do want to thank the leaders who taught the daily sessions. There were also over 140 people, and that weren't counting some of these larger groups who signed up. Over 140 people signed up to read the Bible over these last three weeks where we uh, finished it and then went back into the New Testament. I want to thank those of you who are able to attend the teaching sessions. We did hear back from several of you that watched online and also the prayer stations we've heard uh, some good testimonies from. I want to read you something we've asked for, for you to, to share your testimonies with us. One of them came from Jolie Chandler. I just want to read it to you quickly, then we'll get on here. It says, during these weeks of Declare 2018, God has shown me that I am not the same person anymore, and it's time to put on my new self. It started with the January 7th sermon about how negative words activate fear-inducing hormones that create a belief system. See, most of my life has been surrounded by negative words either spoken over me or thoughts I've had about myself. At the end of the service, we handed out the hello, my name is stickers. I received set free to hand out to the congregation. I put one of those stickers on myself and declared no more negative words. I spent some time in the prayer stations and each one was profound. Our bitter and sweet declaration was life-changing. That's the one right over here. I'll never forget the taste of that tiny piece of bitter chocolate as I thought about how many negative words I've spoken or thought. The sand table, which is out in the foyer, really made me realize how much God loves me. As I put my hands in, the pl- in that pail of sand, I thought about how much sand covers this earth. And it was humbling to think that God thinks about me more than that many grains of sand. Thank you for being obedient to what the Lord has asked you to do. I look forward to what the Lord is going to do in our lives from this time of declare. Listen, absolutely, you clap. Thank you, Jolie, for sharing with me. This is, we get, we get caught in this routine as a church, right? That declare is over, and it's just over. Now our 21 days of fasting is over. No, this is just the beginning. You have to look at declare as building up to something greater and greater and greater that the Lord has for us, or you're going to go back to your old way of living. Oh, declare's over. TV's back on. Internet's back on. Facebook's back on. I'm eating, and I'm eating a lot, right? We don't want, we don't want to do that. Hey, if you lost pounds, try to manage it now. That is my biggest challenge going forward. But this is what Declare was. Declare was sowing seeds into the soil of your heart. 
okay? And maybe, maybe you didn't participate in the fast at all. Just take the last 21 days of prayer time that you've done, 21 days of reading, whatever you've done for the Lord, and look at that corporately as us sowing seeds. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, listen to these verses. It says, when you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. So that's the confession we've done. That's repentance that we've done. We've placed those seeds in the ground. They have to die first. But it says, and what you put into the ground is not a plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. So you're not sowing breakthrough. You're not sowing freedom. You're sowing obedience to the Lord. You're sowing your times of prayer. You're sowing your times of fasting. Then it says in verse 38, then God, you see how we're not the one producing this, right? We're laying ourselves down. We're surrendering to the Lord. And it says, then God is the one who gives it a new body that he wants it to have. So it's his will in his timing in his ways. It says a different plant grows from each kind of seed. So listen, some seeds sprout quite quickly and some take a long time. I did some research on the Guinness Book of World Records. The fastest growing plant recorded was a certain species of bamboo. It was recorded to grow at 35 inches per day. Now, how many of you want your spiritual breakthrough that quick, right? God, I prayed 10 minutes today, boom, 35 inches. I want it. And that can happen. Absolutely. And we did hear back from people, even somebody, uh, Donna, who had surgery. She said it before, since her surgery, she wasn't able to raise her hand. We heard from Joanne last week. We've heard from other people that have seen breakthrough during these 21 days. And that's awesome. That was a quick growing plant. The world's slowest growing plant is the Puya Raimondi. It takes approximately 80 to 150 years to fully grow and flower. And then it dies soon after that blooming. How many of you want that spiritual life? None of us do. We planted seeds in the soil of our heart. Now we trust that the God of all creation is going to make it grow in his timing. So you've fasted, you've read, you've prayed. Guess what that is? That's watering the seeds that are in your heart. It's our responsibility to make sure those things are planted and stay rooted and don't like, okay, this is over now. No, it's not over after 21 days of fasting. The rest, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So we celebrate what he's done for the first three weeks that we've, that we've committed to him. And now today is the very first day of the rest of your life. No farmer has ever taken thousands of seed first and went and toiled the ground and tilled the ground and did all these things in the ground and goes by and puts all these seeds in the ground and then leaves it and never comes back. Right? That would be the most foolish farmer in the world. What does that farmer make sure happens? That it gets watered. Even if natural rain isn't coming, they make sure it gets watered. So what we're doing is this. We've planted the seeds. We're now watering it through continued time in pursuit of the Lord and let him and his timing make it grow. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I want to share with you just for the brief time that we have today, really a bridge message. I want to talk about breakthrough in prayer and fasting. 
which is then going to lead right into a series of uh, sermons on Destined for Breakthrough. If you did not turn those sheets in, uh, you can drop them off at the Information Center after service. We want to hear uh, from the hundreds of people that are here. Again, we're going to uh, combine all these ideas and see what the Lord wants to do, but we are super excited about these upcoming weeks. The key phrase, or the key verse, I'm sorry, for declare was from Proverbs 18, 21, right? The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our goal for declare that we stated over and over again was to have a transformed lifestyle of speaking God-centered, life-giving words with the evidence of signs and wonders. So how does this tie in? How are we finishing up with declare and now talking about breakthrough? What, what does our words have to do with breakthrough in our lives? Well, we've said this in many of our teaching sessions. Whatever you say, you will have eventually. Whatever you keep saying and the words that keep coming out of your mouth, your faith will eventually have faith in those words. And but because those are faith-filled words, it'll either take you higher and closer to the Lord, or it'll take you down deeper into the gutters of life. So what we want to do over these 21 days is to confess and repent and focus back on him and focus on his word. So the things that we're saying are more encouraging about ourselves and others than ever before. So now, guess what happens? When you're more in tune with his word and you're more in tune with his spirit, guess what? The prayers that you're praying are going to be more in tune with his will. So if we're praying prayers according to his will and we're speaking words that are according to his will, guess what's gonna come into fruition in your life? His will. So your words have everything to do with breakthrough in fasting and in prayer. Now look at you, maybe some of you looked, if you look at the last 21 days, if you tried fasting and you woke up in the morning and said, I'm not going to make it today. I am so hungry. I can't wait to eat. Guess what you got? A growling stomach the entire time because your words gave you what you were saying. So the next time you can go into it, you're not just throwing lofty words. You're, you're saying, God, your word promises a reward for those who fast. You say that we can go into our secret place and fast. So I'm just declaring that this is going to be a rewarding fast that I'm going to be able to make it because your grace is enough. You see, you're not just out there floating saying what you want. It's, it's words that are, that are coherent and, and uh, aligned with his word. So this is what we want to do. We want to speak words of faith because it says in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God without faith. In fact, it even says, though, that those who come to him, they have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those that some of the translations say that diligently seek his face or that truly seek him. So we don't want to say word. We don't want to use idle words when we're praying to him. We don't want to use idle words when we're fasting and we're pursuing him because it says if we believe he exists and, he believe, and we actually believe that he's going to give us a reward, then that's called faith and faith pleases him. We've talked about this before. God does not respond to need. He responds to faith. If his system worked out that he would respond to need, there wouldn't be one sick person, one hungry person, starvation, poverty, it would be all out the window. But the way he set it up is this. He's the provider. He's the creator. He's the supplier. So we believe in him and have faith in him and come to him and believe that he's going to reward. And then by that faith, he begins to respond. And that's how we want to carry off the rest of this year after Declare. I want to read to you a few verses from Daniel chapter 10. I'll summarize it due to time because I do want to pray at the end of the service for you. In Daniel uh, chapter 10, if you go to Psalms, it's right in the middle of your Bible. Go to the right. I think it's six or seven books to your right. 
You'll find Ezekiel and then right into Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel was an Old Testament prophet of God. He, along with thousands of other Jews, were exiled from Judah because Judah had been taken captive. So they were basically deported into Babylon. The reason why this kept happening is they kept disobeying God's plans for their life. So they opened up the door for the enemy to come in and invade. So once again, now all all these Israelites are being held captive, prisoner of war, basically, in Babylon. Now, Daniel found himself in a a pretty peculiar spot as he actually served evil kings for 70 years. Now, the reason why he was able to do that, one of the kings that were in place at that time, King Nebuchadnezzar, extremely evil man, he, he kept having dreams and he would look for his own local men and his servants to interpret the dream and he'd call the wizards and he'd call these people forward and none of them could interpret the dream for him. Well, Daniel, being a man of God, being a seer, being a prophet, was able to interpret those dreams. So by the time we pick up here, Daniel has already been serving under Nebuchadnezzar and a few other kings. And now in Daniel chapter 10, he has already been placed as the current king's most trusted advisor. I think this is something uh, that we need to take note of, is Daniel was able to live and serve an evil government for 70 years and never compromise on his beliefs or his lifestyle. So for those of you, maybe you're pressing in during declare, God, get me out of this job, get me out of this community, get me out of this whatever situation that I'm in. Maybe God's saying, listen, you're praying for an answer, but you're the answer to that prayer. I need you in that spot because you're able to live and breathe and live out your lifestyle being a Christian without being tainted by the environment around you. Does that make sense? We have a lot to learn from Daniel's life. We're just looking at a piece tonight, today. In Daniel Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1, it's the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. Daniel, also named as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned certain events to happen in the future, times of war and great hardships. So listen to what was going on. In verse 2, it says, when the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I ate no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant, fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So where we are is this. Daniel, this time of mourning, if you just study it out and look at people's uh, uh, practices back then, this was a time of fasting and prayer. So how many days did he fast and pray for? 21. He wasn't on what we would call a full fast. He chose, even though he was the king's most trusted advisor, he, was, he had available to him all of the delicacies of the king. He was sitting at the king's table with other advisors and could enjoy those things. But even while, while things were going fine for him, he chose to lower himself to begin this time of fasting and mourning and prayer because he knew that God wanted to speak to him to show him of things to come for his people. So this wasn't even for himself. He was fasting and praying for his people, the Israelites. God, will you show me clearly what is yet to come for the people that I love so dearly? So he chose no meat, no wine. He's saying, I am refusing to have the delicacies that are, that are rewarded to me based on my position. And of course, he didn't put all those lotions on, which most guys today probably wouldn't anyway. All right. I want you to see here too, this isn't the first 21 days of the year and things weren't going horribly. 
Like you don't have to wait until the church says, hey, let's fast. He stirred himself up and said, I'm intentionally lowering myself before the Lord so that he'll speak to me again. Verse four, was on April 23rd. As I was standing on the bank of the Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Now, some theologians think this was an actual appearance of Christ. I won't take time to read it, but in Revelation chapter one, it gives a very similar description. Other theologians believe he was just an angelic being, not just, but an angelic being because he talks about Michael, the archangel, one of the prince angels coming to assist him later. And they're saying if this was Jesus, he would have had this covered. So we know at least it's a supernatural angelic being. At most, it would be is Jesus himself. In verse seven, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. Then men with me, the, the men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. I want you to understand this. When you take time to intentionally, don't wait for somebody else. You take time to press into God. I'm gonna take more time to pray, more time to read. I'm gonna take time to fast. God will speak to you alone simply because you're making yourself available to him. And all the other people around him, it doesn't mean that they care about him, that he cares about them less. It doesn't mean that he loves them less. You're just the one that's making yourself available, right? So the more time you spend with him, the more opportunities he has to speak to you. So if those other guys were fasting along with him, I believe that they would have possibly have seen that same vision. But God said, no, I've picked you. Why? Because you've picked me. He picked Daniel first. Daniel chose to pick him back, and now God chooses to pick him. And he showed him a special vision of the upcoming events of Israel because he simply pursued God. In verse 8, it talks about how uh, he was left all alone. The strength left him. It says he grew deathly pale, and, I felt, and he felt very weak. Of course, we're not hoping that that happens to you if you ever receive a vision from the Lord. This is just what happened to Daniel. Down in verse 11, the, and the man, talking about the angelic being, said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Why? Why is he precious to God? Well, in the new covenant, it says that it's impossible to please God without what? Faith. God knew that Daniel had put his faith in God alone. And because of that, he's precious to him. Maybe when you're taking times to pursue God, or maybe if you have an encounter with God, he's going to say something that maybe you feel like is above your pay grade that you don't even feel like you can agree with right now. Take those words, write them down, meditate on them, and believe that's who you are in Christ, because that's what God said you are. In verse 12, the angel's talking to him, and he says this, don't be afraid, Daniel. Now listen to these verses. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, What's happening here? He's fasting, right? He's removed food. And the first day he started praying and humbling, submitting himself to God. Your request has been heard. I have come in answer to your prayer. Listen what happens. It's a very unique situation. For 21 days, the spirit prince, which is a demon of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. There is a spirit world out there, folks. This is not like you throwing up a Hail Mary prayer to God and it's just like zipping back down. There's a spirit war going on. It says, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia 
blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, that's one of the, the chief princes of a high position, came to help me. So he left Michael there with the spirit prince of the kingdom, uh, of, the kingdom of Persia. He says, now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerning a time yet to come. I need you to, to grasp this, that when we pray according to God's will, he hears us the first time we pray. I think a lot of times when we're praying over and over and over again for something and we're not getting an answer, we start to like beg him to pay attention to us. Like, God, will you just hear me? Like, obviously you haven't heard me yet, so I'm gonna go louder and I'll scream every once in a while. I'll get more desperate and desperate. And we're throwing these prayers up, hoping that he hears us. But in the Old Testament, before Jesus even stood as our intercessor, way back in the Old Covenant, it said the first day Daniel started to pray, God heard and sent the answer. Now in the New Covenant, we know when we pray according to his will, we have what we ask for. Well, then why don't we see it? I don't know. There's a spirit war going on. We see in this one instance, it took 21 days for angels and demons to fight this thing out, for Michael the archangel to come alongside this being, this being to answer the prayer. Again, it's not our job of to determine how much time it's going to take to see breakthrough. Our responsibility is to fast and pray and press in, right? We're sowing the seeds. God's going to make it water. In 1 John 5, I just mentioned this verse to you. Listen to what we're saying. This is the new covenant. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Adam, you can come up and your team can come up. We'll close up here in just a few minutes. So this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, say according to his will. We can ask anything. And if it's according to his will, it says he hears us. This will completely change what your prayer life looks like if you know he hears you. He hears you. He hears your prayers. I mean, picture that. Like if you picture a, parent, a child saying, Mom, Dad, can I have some ice cream? Okay, and they know their, their parents are, they like ice cream too, yeah? And they want to give their kid ice cream that night. They're going to celebrate. And the, and the parent says, yes. And he starts or she starts to walk over to the freezer to get it. That kid knows the answer is on the way. Now, if it, that kid's excited about it and they want it, like, okay, mom, what kind can we have? Can we have it now? Are we going to have it now? Can we do it? They're not going to shut up until they get their ice cream, right? That could be us for God. We know the answer's on the way, and now we just keep praying it and declaring it and speaking it. Because do you know what will happen? If you're praying according to God's will and we know he hears it, then every time we declare it or confess it or pray it, those are words of faith. Those are life-giving words over you or the people you're praying about. This is what I imagine. I do not have biblical evidence for this. This is what I imagined when I was writing this message. Is could it be that as you're declaring and as you're confessing and God's saying this, I sent one angel to attack that, 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 that demon, but he continues to speak in faith. And I'm pleased by that faith. And I respond by faith. Another angel, go. Another angel, go. Another angel, go. Until that thing is broken in the spirit realm, and then you see it. See, our job is not to determine the timing or how it works in the spirit realm. Our job is to stay in faith and keep pressing and pressing and pressing. 
I won't, sh- I won't read the verses. You can put up that next batch of verses, but there's a, a portion when Jesus is teaching and he's giving an example about a guy who wants bread late at night because a friend's coming in town. And he asks, he's like, knocks on the door late at night. Can I have some bread? He's like, nope, I'm in bed already. Now the friend asking absolutely knows that he heard him, right? He knows the friend heard him. But what does he keep doing? Doesn't say here, but he's knocking and saying, come on, we've been friends for this many years. Like I just need a loaf of bread. He knows that the friend heard. If he didn't know that he heard, he would keep calling his name. Joey, Joey, wake up. He didn't say that. He kept asking for the bread, asking for the bread, asking for the bread. And he says, listen, it's not just because he's his friend that he gave him. It's because of his persistency and boldness. That man knew that bread is mine because I need it for a purpose. He wasn't asking in a cocky way. He came to his friend in humility asking. But it said, because of his boldness, because of his persistency, some of your translations say, he was given what he asked for. Then Jesus turns it around. And he says, listen, he reads, I'll read these verses to you. It says, so, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So we are not begging God. He's not going to respond to begs and begging. He's going to respond to faith and he's going to reward those who diligently seek his face. So I want you, as you continue to pray at whatever you're looking for for breakthrough in your life, I want you to pray one time then I want you to confess to your mouth, Father, I believe this is according to your will or I wouldn't be praying it. And I believe because your word says that we can have anything that we ask for if it's according to your will and that you hear us. And then I don't even know if I've read the rest of the verses there that says that we can basically be sure that we have, like past tense, that we already have what we've asked for. We're just waiting for the spirit war to continue until God makes that seed grow. Does this make sense? So God, I pray this in Jesus' name, and I believe it's according to your will. I'm not actually praying right now, so I see some of your heads going down. He's praying, he's closing. God, I pray this specific request according to your will, and because it's according to your will, I believe that you've already heard me. I believe the answer is on its way. Like, I believe you're already answering it. So now I'm gonna continue to declare it. I'm gonna continue to confess that it's true. I'm gonna continue to pray, pray, pray. And now that what happens is you get encouraged as you pray, because you know, One day closer, I'm one day closer, I'm one day closer. And some of you grandparents may have prayed for 10, 20, 30 years for a grandchild to come to the Lord. But it doesn't matter how long now because you know the answer's on the way. So you know every day you pray, you're one day closer because he's already heard. And I want you to be aware of this too. It's not a fair fight. This isn't a fair fight. Anybody know how many angels fell with Lucifer, Satan? How many? Call it out. One third of the angels fell from heaven when Lucifer left because he wanted worship. So if there's one third in in the kingdom of darkness, how many are in the kingdom of light? Good math problem, good job. So just angels alone, it's a two to one fight. It's an unfair fight. And that's not counting us speaking and declaring and praying in faith. And that's not counting God, the creator of all beings. It's an unfair fight. The answer's coming your way. The breakthrough's coming your way. I want you to stand at this time. I'm not trying to create a theology based on Daniel's position that it's going to take 21 days either. 
Because you see in Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the blazing furnace, immediate breakthrough. Like the angel showed up, which could have been Christ too, and they're set free. In Daniel chapter six, he's thrown into the lion's pit because he would not bend on his beliefs. Guess what happened? The next morning, complete breakthrough. God shut the mouth of the lion. It could happen immediately, the next day, in three days, in 21 days. It might take years, but we should be encouraged that God heard those prayers. Yeah, Father, we just, we just declare to you today, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. You have breakthrough after breakthrough coming. I, I can feel it. I can sense it. I know it's of you. This will be a season of change and transformation within this church family. Father, we look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.